What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude, no lie. I got a froggy in my throat like the little rascal. So if y'all hear it, y'all been warned. I don't know what the hell going on. My voice is a little different than normal, but who cares? I ain't never been normal. So let's get into this, man, and start it off with what's up with that dude. Oh, man, first of all, I'm looking amazing in this damn shirt. Admit it. I ain't even sucking it in. This sucker here looking fresh. Facts over feelings. Go to MarcellusWileyShop.com if you want this shirt. Other than that, man, what did I have? Two meetings yesterday. One of them, former CEO of Tiger Woods Foundation, now First Tee Golf. Along with my man, Ken, we are talking about developing some programs, facilities in Los Angeles that's going to be dedicated to the game of golf. And you know the game of golf is more than just a sport. I like to call it like a country club sport. Like Human capital, social capital, connectivity. You can play it to the day you die and you're out there making relationships. So that needs to be where the underserved are. That needs to be where the underprivileged are. That needs to be where I'm from. Where are you from, fool? Compton. So look forward to some of our efforts as we try to bring that back. Who is the next Tiger Woods? Who is the next great golfer? I don't know, but I think we need to look everywhere, especially where I'm from, to go find him or her. So excited about that. Other than that, had a meeting with a potential consultant who will help build out some of the educational software and platform that I'm looking to do. And this show is going to be particularly interesting because if you watch the Shannon Sharp part, you're going to see full circle while I'm really here. I've been telling y'all in parts. I've been telling y'all in pieces. Probably been telling y'all in totality. But it's going to get emphasized today because of what Shannon Sharp is saying and what the sports media world is doing. So look forward to that. But right now, let's get into this show right now. And y'all got to tell me, y'all got to help me out with this one because 
They say legal sports betting has cut the fantasy football audience. Wait a minute. I know y'all play some fantasy football and I know y'all bet too, but are you picking? Is it an either or situation or it's an and situation? Like I bet and I play fantasy football. I am not the one to do either one too tough, too strong. So I'm gonna need you guys in these comments to help me on. But let's talk through the story because uh, a lot of been made about the way that gambling has infiltrated real sports. We know watching the games right now, all these players getting suspended everywhere you look. Oh man, you are one foot away from your locker. Oh, you betting on the game, but you didn't bet you would win. You just bet on something else in the sport. Oh no, you had no control over it. You couldn't even impact the game, but you're suspended for half a year, right? That's infiltrated real sports. But what about fantasy sports? That's an interesting question. When I saw the headline, I said, pretty good. And it's a, uh, it's a guy out there in Chicago who has his own show, uh, podcast as well, named Lawrence Holmes, who was talking about this as well. Living in Illinois, a place where people are allowed to gamble. Not every state is allowed to do that, right? So the people of Illinois are less likely now to play fantasy sports, according to him. As he says, I just have no energy for fantasy football anymore. I'd rather be on FanDuel betting the NFL than betting in the fantasy league, like worrying about losing the game by a tenth of a point. Huh? I did do FanDuel DraftKings for a second there. That is fun. And that is scary. I was like, dog, put $100 down. And if you lose it, that's it. Then I lost it. Then I was like, all right, put another $100 down. And if you lose it, that's it. And then I put another hundred dollars like dog. I need to get away because I am not a gambler. I told you guys the story before when I was in Panama. Long story short, I went in there cocky with my American ass like what these Panamanians know about gambling. They ain't been to Vegas. So I was like sitting there. They had a, a table with the maximum was $50. I said y'all need to make that the minimum. The maximum got to be like 500 or something. They moved the maximum up for me. I'm gambling in the basement of a Panama hotel by myself and everybody else there worked there and all of them were pretty. <laughs> so I'm like this. I had seven decks, seven hands, seven hands of blackjack. I'm beating myself, losing to myself, losing to myself, beating myself, losing and losing to myself. I was like, what the hell? I looked up. I had lost 11 or 13, 11 or $13,000 in like 30 minutes. Y'all like time money gone. And I was like, Oh, that's the last time I've gambled. Only time you catch me now gambling, I'm at the casino and they forcing me to gamble at that machine because I want free drinks. <laughs> so I'll be like, all right, give them $20. And I lose that like that too. I am not a good gambler, but it seems like a lot of y'all are out there because y'all all are participating in it. So betting directly on games has been more satisfying for people. A lot of people are saying that. It's easy to see though how sports betting apps could replace fantasy football for so many people. And that's going to be because of the gratification and the win is instant, right? You get that sucker, you get that money, you hit them things, you check in the games. I ain't gonna lie. It does get you more invested in the game. Not in, no, let me stop. Not invested in as much in the game, invested in your players in that game. I got to say it the right way. So he said, I've had a good time playing fantasy football. Not saying that. I just know for now it doesn't matter to me. How about the feeling of winning money immediately and it already being in your account and you're not having to worry about someone not paying their fees or you're not getting your money at the end of a season. Yeah, that's another thing. Y'all fantasy football players out there, y'all cheap. Either y'all cheap or y'all broke. Because all of a sudden when it's time to co collect, get the money up. 
It's a lot more texts and phone calls than I like. <laughs> I hate that part. I'm like, dog, get the money. Oh, 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 what happened here? Man, look, so now I played in the league before where you got to put the money up front. I get it, I get it. Uh, but you're with your friends. You ain't tripping until you got a trip. It's crazy. But the other thing I don't like about fantasy is when people get hurt, <sighs> it's harder than my final exam at Columbia. <laughs> I'm like, he hurt, he hurt. I got to trade him. You got to go over there. I'm like, oh, it's too much work. Real football was easier than that. I was like, hell no. So I was off of it. So he admitted that last fantasy football league he was a part of was years ago, and it correlated, coincided when, when Illinois legalized sports betting in 2019. So let me tell y'all a couple stories, right? Last year, I got asked to be in two fantasy leagues, and I had one myself. I had one with all my boys. We call it like fathers, fathers of great kids. I don't know, some corny. It sucked. They had fun. I lost. I got like seventh of eighth place. It sucked. When I say sucked, I was like, I didn't care. I didn't even check my lineups. I didn't even change. I didn't even switch my roster. It sucked. I was just like, uh. But I was happy to be in a community with my boys. That was fun. But it sucked. Let me just say that. Then I got asked by some guys at my school, and they're rich, rich guys, former players, uh, rappers, all this kind of stuff, right? One of those kind of leagues. And they started off at $5,000. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I was double dutch. I'm going to do it because we the homies. I was like, I ain't doing that. I don't even care. So why am I going to give y'all $5,000 just to be cool, keeping up with the Joneses and hang with y'all? I wanted to do it really to just go over everybody's house to hang. <laughs> I ain't paying $5,000 to hang with y'all. You know how much Tito's I could buy for that? <laughs> so I'm like, hell no. Nah. So I didn't do that. And then I'm glad I didn't do that because I heard they moved it up from five to ten thousand dollars. You imagine putting ten thousand dollars down, knowing you're gonna lose it, and not even caring about playing the game, but caring a lot about losing that money. I ain't do that league. And there was another league that I flaked on that they were trying to get me to join, and I was like, dog, I'm not joining this league. And everybody looks at me like, you know, I get it. If I'm in your league, it's kind of cool because I'm a former player. Most of the guys in those leagues are not former players. I ain't stupid, but at the same time, I ain't stupid. I ain't doing a damn league. Y'all ain't taking advantage of me and bragging at your friends at work. Hey, Brad, look at this. Smoking Marcellus, he sucks. I ain't doing it, dog. Y'all ain't getting over on me like that. So I just got hit up this morning. That's why this is so funny. To join another league, another fantasy league. This one's like a pick em, and you go against the spread. And I asked my boy Nolan, I was like, is it easy? If it ain't easy, I ain't doing it. So he said it's easy. Hopefully I get some bread and make it cheesy. All right. So I just wanted to know for real, this was just a light one. Fantasy football versus sports betting. Which one? Don't say both. I want to hear which one. Pick one, damn it. And then I do want to hear both. Like, what are the pros and cons of both of them? I want to have this conversation because I'm tired of hating on fantasy and I'm tired of just being scared of sports betting. Time to make a decision and figure out one of them, right? And which one of y'all like better? Just be real. Keep it simple. Fantasy football or sports betting. Never shut up in life with your essence and showing the world who exactly you are. I love that. And I love that book as well. All right. Let's talk about something I don't know if I love or not. Player empowerment. I do love players having all the leverage in terms of getting their money. But I don't like necessarily all that comes with that player empowerment. Particularly, you wake up one day and you're moving around and the next day you're going to this place and the next day you want to go to this team, right? Kind of that. 
Kind of like what's going on with LeBron's son. Going, how many high schools is he going to go to this offseason? God dang. LeBron, sit that boy down and put him in one school and let him ball out. Stop running from your issues. All right, so James Harden, Damian Lillard could define the limits of NBA player empowerment. Let's talk to this. Has player empowerment finally hit its ceiling was the question that was asked. And now, Damian Lillard, James Harden, their situations are dragging on. Extended standoffs between players and their teams with no sign of resolutions coming up. You think about it. Look, these are the best players on the team, so obviously you're reluctant. Oh, sorry, James Harden's not the best player. Joe M B. But they're the best players on the team. Talking about I'm disgruntled and going. So we know Damian Lillard by far is that dude, but who wants to let him go? James Harden, you're close to that dude, but why would we let you go? Because you compliment our dude. So let me say that the right way. Well, the specifics of each case, they differ. Now, they share three things in common as they broke it down. One, a player is demanding the trade. Not just any player, the dudes, right? Two, they're specifying one specific team as their desired location. Clippers, Miami Heat. And doing so, despite recently kind of locking themselves in to their teams for longer. Harden opted into his final year of his contract. And then Lillard signed a two-year extension in July of 2022. So it's, mm, you see what's happening here. These players want to be elsewhere, but they're going to secure the bag while they're still there. Nothing wrong with that, right? If you got the hammer, swing it. If not, duck, <laughs> right? That's the old saying when it comes to leverage. And I'm going to say that again. If you got the hammer, swing it. If you don't, duck, because <laughs> your ass going to get swung on, right? So it's all part of this story that they're talking about that is shifting in terms of player empowerment. Last several years, we've seen a lot of aggressive efforts by players trying to navigate themselves out of their preferred situation to go somewhere else, right? But not having the leverage, not having the particular leverage to make that happen without it being an issue. So there was a time when in the final year of your contract, a player would say, okay, um, I'm not going to resign here, so take me somewhere else that I want to go or else you're going to lose me for nothing. Okay, we remember all that, right? And then midway through the season, before you hear them talking, all right, I told y'all, y'all better do something. And then that's the way that they usually got what they wanted, pushed their way out. Well, that has changed of late. Uh, because now you can see these players just saying, hey, I'm about to sign an extension with y'all. I'm about to re-up. I'm about to opt in. Now I want to go. <laughs> the teams are like, what the hell? So why are they doing that? Because they've seen other players do it. You're getting away with it. What is culture? Culture is what's rewarded. You can say player loyalty. You can say a guaranteed contract. You can say franchise player. But if you're rewarding anybody who signs on the dotted line to stay here and then allow them to go there, you are empowering players to do exactly this. So that's how we got here. Now, the mindset driving this change could be different and it could be described in a few words get that bag. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, when I grew up, they were really heavy on that loyalty stuff to the point where it really worked. Like, guys were, like, feeling weird if you left somewhere. Oh, my God, what are you doing? You're trying to demand a trade? You're disgruntled? I played with guys who wanted to demand a trade and did not. Want to know why? Because they were shook. Straight up, Hall of Famers, I could name them. I ain't going to do it. I protect the guilty. But wanted to leave where I was. And they are like, man, I can't do that. Now, pff, please, 
Call your agent. Hey, before you even hang up with the phone, you out of there. That's how the game goes right now. Except for Lillard and except for Harden. Let's talk about that. So elite players used to be able to navigate themselves to desired destinations before becoming a free agent. Now they're doing it, but they are doing it and not risking it financially, right? They're doing it now saying, look, I'm going to sign this rich extension. I'm going to get my dough and I'm going to get my way and I'm going to get out this door. Crazy, right? So I like how it's turning out in that respect, but we also see it doesn't always go that way. They got Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons. You remember them? They eventually got their way, got their way out of there, but you had to deal with some seasons in Philly and Brooklyn that necessarily didn't go the way you wanted it, right? Before Kevin Durant became a son, you're like, oh, what the hell is this? And before Ben Simmons went to Brooklyn from Philly, what the hell is this? So it does come with its issues. It does come with its wrinkles. But I just think that's what's interesting about this is this is about a present time conversation versus future time evaluations, and they're completely different. So in a moment, a player is like, I'm going to sign this because I deserve this because I got the leverage to sign here. The team is like, yeah, we'll give you that money because you're box office, you're a player, you're productive, and you give us our best chance to win championships. Simple formula, right? But then the player looks around and be like, I don't know if this is our best chance, right? It may be your best chance, but not my best chance. You catch the difference? So if you're Portland, of course your best chance to win a, a championship it's with Damian Lillard on that team. But is that Damian Lillard's best chance? So what Damian Lillard is doing now is like, wink, wink, sign it. Yeah, sign. Okay. And as soon as I sign, hey, you're on borrowed time. And it used to be the flip. Like we signed to them and we were on borrowed time because we can make it cut, released, or traded. It's a flip. So I'm looking at it now in terms of player empowerment. How good is it if Damian Lillard and James Harden now are not going to be able to force their way, not just out of Portland, not just out of Philadelphia, to where they want to go? Whole different animal, huh? Ah, things are shifting because it was a little bit, it got stubborn around Kevin Durant. It got stubborn around Ben Simmons. It got stubborn around James Harden last go around. You know, it was a little easier a couple years ago, a few years ago. You said you don't want to be there. All right, we don't want them here if you don't want to be here. Now we are in a different place. So I'm just noticing that these present time versus future time evaluations are different. In the moment when Damian Lillard signed, he was still loyal. Go Portland. I'm for the land. Now I'm out of here. I'm going to South Beach if y'all let me. And that's the craziest thing because they got to let you. They don't have to let you. They got to let you. They don't have to let you. They don't want to let you, but they got to let you. And these players are punking owners, punking teams, and then the teams are like, all right, let them out of here then. But it's the team's decision. Crazy, right? Think about that. You're going to go to your job and say, I want to work for the rival. I'm at Coke. I want to work for Pepsi. And then the CEO of Coke is like, nah, you, you signed to stay here. You stay in here. He like, what'd you say? I'm going to Pepsi, and then they let you go. Isn't that crazy? Well, now they slowing their roll in terms of letting it go. I don't know. Y'all think it's going to work out for Dane? Y'all think it's going to work out for Harden? Be real. Who's going to budge first in these standoff situations? It's a little different, right? Harden or the Sixers? Uh, Lillard or the Trailblazers? And who you think holds more power and leverage in these standoffs? The players or the teams? 
I swear I think it's the teams because it's ultimately their decision. They're paying you the money and they have to sign off on a trade. But I swear for the last few years until recent times, it's been the players. So who holds that leverage in these standoffs? Huh? Whatever it is, whatever your answer is, it looks like it's shifting. Fresh air book. Never shut up. That could be yours. Friday Swagway. That's tomorrow, right? Get that as a winner. Be a Wiley's World member in YouTube and it's yours. All right, let's get into this topic because I've been waiting for this topic. Shannon Sharp says he respects the players too much to be reckless with my commentary. Whoa, where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? Oh, I guess he was just walking and skipping. I mean, no, he was walking and then skipped to his look. I mean, I'm, I don't know what he's skipping. I'm, after nearly seven years of FS1's Undisputed, Shannon Sharp divorced Skip Bayless. And we saw it happen a couple of months ago. And now we're waiting on Shannon Sharp to show up somewhere else. Even on Brink TV. Do it somewhere. Come on, Shannon. Stop just golfing with DJ Khaled. Bring your ass out and start talking that talk, boy. So in recent days, Sharp's been teasing his comeback. Don't call it a comeback. That's what he's been saying. He said he's been doing this for years. All right, whatever. Which everyone expects to occur with ESPN, where Stephen A. Smith has been recruiting him heavily. And we know he's going to go on first take if that happens. Hmm. All right, talked about that in nauseam. Don't do that, Shannon. Do more. Damn it, Shannon. You my role model. <laughs> Old muscular ass. Do more. Don't just get on there and be a carousel, but do you, dog. Do you too. I respect you. All right, so earlier this week, Sharp tweeted that he will be back before the NFL season kicks off, even though nothing official has been announced. So... He was talking to some people on Twitter, getting it in, because he got a lot of free time right now. Uh, And he was looking at some of the back and forth discourse about how bad shows have gotten in prioritizing getting a reaction over providing analysis. And Sharp didn't exactly disagree, although he defended his own air style. Let's talk about it. His own air style is this. As he said, excuse me, Dougie Fresh. Yes, you know my work. I play and respect the game and players too much to be reckless with my commentary. Mm. I spent at least four to, five, four to five hours of prep time preparing for a two and a half hour show. Okay, so he respects the game because he was a baller, a beast. Y'all know I played against Shannon Sharp. Yeah, he put them hands in your world for real. Imagine Shannon Sharp with them young muscles because I had to go against that. Y'all see these old muscles, these unk muscles. I saw it when it was nephew muscles. Them suckers were strong. <laughs> And he was talking about being reckless with his commentary, which everybody thought was a subtle dig at Skip, 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 Skip Bayless. I don't want to do that to Skip, but it was a dig at him. We know that. Um, so let's talk about what he's talking about. Ah, the only pushback I got to give you, you know me, I don't give a damn who you are. You be my bestie friend. I'm still going to check your ass if I feel like it. You better check yourself for your record yourself. So he says he respects the game too much to be reckless with his commentary. I'm all in on that. But then don't support that by saying you spend four to five hours of prep time and doing that for a two and a half hour show. You don't have to spend any time prepping to be reckless <laughs> or not reckless. So the prep time didn't really support what he was saying, but I'm sure he was just talking about two different things. Um, <clears throat> Shannon was well prepared. Shannon was killing it, right? But it's interesting. I think Shannon also got defeated in his efforts in the power struggle and the power dynamics of doing what he wanted to do that gave him pride in what he was doing at work versus what the show was offering and what the show was suggesting him to do. 
Okay, the one thing I hated the most about doing all them shows over all these years is the teammate factor, your co-host. Not them, I didn't hate them, I hated the dynamic. Because when you disagreed, you're looking at them like, okay, you're just saying that about, let's say Westbrook. You're killing Westbrook, you're going way past the border. You're way into his personal life. You're way too far downstream, right? Now, I'm trying to respect somebody that I know who is greater than both of us in playing basketball, right? But at the same time, I'm trying to respect you because I got another block to do with you and I got another show to do with you and I got a career with you and you're my teammate. But damn dog, you tripping. And I say you tripping, but you keep doing it. So you're a habitual line stepper. So now I ain't got a deep respect for you because I'm like, why you keep going on air and popping off like that? The toughest thing with working with people was the respect that they did or didn't have for the players. Sometimes they got too much respect. You're like, dog, Tom Brady can do wrong. And you're like, no, 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 there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. And you're like, oh my God. Huh. I didn't say that. Look, my first time seeing a game plan, and I remember we were playing the Indianapolis Colts, at least the first time I remember it, and it was eye-opening. Because we were playing the Colts, and I knew how good Peyton Manning was, but I also knew he was young, and he had his struggles throwing interceptions. And it was amazing that on one side of the paper, on, it was dual-sided, one side was all the pros. And I flipped it and all the cons. And I was like, all right, yeah, he is having some suspect. 28 interceptions first year. Okay, let's get past that. The next year when he was 13 and three killing it and we playing him, once again, pros, long ass list. Flip it, cons, long ass list. Where to put him, where he doesn't like, where he's uncomfortable, what he doesn't like to throw, what, what would make him panic, pressure up the middle, et cetera. That's Peyton Manning. That's everybody. So I hate when people don't have any respect for somebody, and I hate when people have absolute respect to the point where they are not going to do correct analysis. That's where this relationship went wrong. My worst moments were, because I worked with a lot of non-athletes. The only athlete I worked with was Acho, right? Um, the worst moments were, where I was like, dog, won't you put some respect on that guy's name? Won't you put respect on that guy's game? Like, I know it's a relative existence, so we're going to grade him against other players. But at the same time, don't cut him down to that level like he can't ball. He just ain't as good a baller as that guy. The worst thing was with Acho, because he's the only athlete I played with, well, I was like, dog, Acho, I was good. You weren't good at all. Why are we over here killing people that are great? We. I didn't say him, just him. Now, I did get mad at him sometimes like, dog, you ain't even, you weren't even good at all. So you really can't kill nobody. But I had some moments and some years, but I still ain't going to kill nobody because they better than me. Like, it just is a weird dynamic. I don't know what it is, but I always slap myself because I was like, I can't sing, but that don't mean I got to say every singer is great. Every singer is good. I ain't got to buy all their albums. I could be like, yeah, Michael Jackson's up here and, um, some of these new R&B little 18-year-olds, y'all suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I always kind of got caught in the middle. And that's what was so weird about it. I was always in the middle, and it didn't feel so fulfilling. And that's what's happened here. This whole sports media discourse has become a little less fulfilling for guys. That's why you see them all leaning, venturing, trying to do more, trying to do else. Because it's like, dog, I'm over here talking about this dude lost the game, and I can't even dribble. <laughs> Dog, I suck at basketball, and I know Westbrook, that's the homie. I wish I would for real with my heart in theater and entertainment go on TV and be like, yo, he sucked. 
the hell? I see that boy the next day at school or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a problem, right? So this gets me to where I am. Why am I here for you guys, for real? And I told y'all, I am here to police the police as well. Boy, let me tell you, I got pressure on them cats, on, on them desks. All of them. Pressure. Talk to them all the time. Pressure. You want to know why? Because I'm out here just watching. I'm going to do all the football stories, basketball stories, sports stories, but I'm also going to do stories on y'all. Y'all better watch it. Because we got to humanize these athletes again. Let me tell you why. Because they're too important to people. They're too important to our kids. They're too inspirational. They're the natural leaders in our community. Stop playing. You think a leader in your community is somebody who's going to one day become an actor? <laughs> you think a leader in your community is some guy one day going to become a rapper? Nah. It's that little 8, 9, 10-year-old, 11-year-old. I've been that kid where everybody started looking at like, dog, he's special, dog. He's going to be something, right? Whatever that is. And naturally, athletes have the healthiest egos, true leadership egos. That's why they turn into more CEOs than anything. Former athletes, not pro necessarily, but former athletes. We got to respect them and protect them. We all have tried it. Whether you stopped at the high school level, you stopped at college, shit, you were sorry as hell you can even get past Bob Warner. We all had our hand on the ball trying to do something, right? And sometimes that ball said, let me go. Your ass suck. It's okay, though. But that's a natural leadership presence. Right there, being in it, that premise right there. Natural leadership is born from athletics, man. And it's a different ego. No one had to tell me how good I was in sports. Sports told me, <laughs> opponents told me, <laughs> scoreboard told me, objective things told me. I had that wins and losses told me, MVPs told me. But all these other endeavors where we're looking to and we're looking at all these people to try and entertain us and educate us, man, them people got fragile egos. You want to know why? Want to know why actors have fragile egos? Want to know how these rappers and stuff ain't the ones you should be listening to fully? Want to know why? Tell your ass why. Because somebody else has got to tell them that they are who they are. And that ain't the same as an athlete. Oh, let's just race. Dog, how fast? Oh, I'm fast. I'm faster than you, Wiley. No, you ain't. What you running 100? All I need to hear is the time. That's it. You want a race? Let's go. Who won that race? This ain't no conversation. What's your time? I used to laugh when I'd be at a track meet. Somebody come up there talking about how good they were, how fast they were. I was like, what was your time? This happened to me in Vegas about a couple weeks ago, too, but I ain't going to get into that story. Oh, she bored me. Somehow she was fast. fast. I said, what you run? She couldn't tell me the time. I was like, girl, get out my face. You ain't fast. So then um, I'm, I'm a youngster. Cats come up in there, wolf and wolf. Well, I'm fasting. I beat you. I beat you. I beat you. I used to always be the young Kevin. What you run? What's your time? Quiet on the set. Right? This ain't no, I got an audition, and hopefully I got a connection with you. And if it's not a connection, hopefully I know someone that is connected to you so I can get the role. Or I just kill it. But I kill it in a subjective way because somebody else could have killed it too. Right? Lorenz Tate destroyed O-Dog. What would have Pac done? Tupac in that same role, would that have been as good or better or worse? Point is, we don't know. But in football and track and all sports, you know. That's the point. And our egos are different, so we got to stop destroying these athletes, man. So I'm feeling Shannon Sharp on having respect and not having reckless commentary. Woo! My last point about this is it all came home to me full circle coaching these kids, man. These little kids, these little itty-bitties look up to these athletes. You know, they look up to them for real in a good, healthy way. You know, they wear their jerseys. 
And then, you know, you also hear them already having that bad discourse because somebody teasing somebody else. You know, Westbrook kids go to our school, you know, and then some kids try to clown sometimes. I give y'all full, you know, full disclosure. I've seen some kids try to have a joke or two, and that's messed up. He's even talked about it, so I'm not outing them. Come on, y'all. Westbrook, a Hall of Famer, gets jokes at school from his son. And, oh, oh, y'all, what are we doing? So I was coaching the Itty Bitties, and the Itty Bitties were coming up to me like, loving all these athletes. And literally, I would go to work and work with people who didn't have love for those same athletes. But I'm over here coaching these guys to become who they could become and also respect those heroes and those role models that they love and the jerseys that they wear. And they're literally going to tear them down or not me, but in respect, going to a machine that was going to tear them down. God, late. I mean, I understand being critical and talk about the act, not the actor, but let's not be reckless, y'all. Let's respect these guys in the game because we all tried it. We all tried it. I tried to be a Hall of Famer in football. Came this short. (laughs) Y'all tried to become something in something and became this short, right? It is what it is. But this, this public discourse about sports, I'm here to humanize it. I'm not here to kumbaya it. I'm not here to sit there and say, oh, we're going to have campfires every day. You know how I do. But we're going to have more of us doing it this way because we're getting a little tired. No, we're not. We're getting a lot tired of the way that they're doing it over there just for some shits and giggles. All right. So you think that sports discourse has gotten bad? Duh. Uh, You think shows prioritize getting a reaction over providing analysis? Duh. I know y'all do. (laughs) And do you think Skip Bayless was the intended target and reckless with his sports commentary? You think Skip is reckless? I do. It's all good. He gets what he gets out of it. But at the same time, Ah, having these itty bitties looking at life forward. You got to look at life forward when you got itty bitties behind you, right? You got to make sure you put some respect on these natural born leaders, which are the athletes, not just pro, but you too, yo. So let's get into these comments and have a little fun with this. Sorry I had to go into my preachy tip, but damn it, it means that much to me. It's your boy Marcel Swire who loves this book. And I guess I love it because it's my book. <laughs> it could be your book tomorrow. Friday Swaggerway, Wiley World Members. Let's get into some comments. Forget it. Focus on some comments here. Anthony Richards is Colts quarterback one. I'm going to get through these kind of fast, rapid fire. I like it when it's faster. I think Anthony Richard, Richardson will do great eventually, but I hope the Colts give him time. Remember, Peyton started 3-13. and 13. Yeah, they gave Peyton time because his record was bad. He was throwing a lot of interceptions, but the sucker was still great. You saw that. I remember Wade Phillips said, you better get him now. And this was his rookie year. He said, because there's going to be problems going forward. So he better look like he's going to be a problem going forward. Honestly, for me, it's not wins and losses for AR in the first year. Oh, really? You're the owner now? He only had two handful of games in college. So I think the big thing for me is seeing him get better week by week. And then hopefully by year two, he's a top 10 quarterback. I hate when people say get better week by week. Ain't nobody ever, ever in life got better week by week. You get better, two steps forward, one step back, blah, blah, blah. But I know what you meant. And hopefully he does succeed. Let him get the mistakes and interceptions out now and let him get the reps he missed out on previously. Think having hit him sit behind another guy would prolong that learning curve. Mm, good point. Stephen A. Smith regrets Kwame Brown diss. This is what I feel. Pundits or fans who never played can talk that mess, then the athletes can as well. Amen. See Skip Bayless, Jalen Rose. Oh, that was my best moment in sports media history. And some people who talk that big never even played at all. Oh, it's the worst. Kwame made over 63 milli in his career. Y'all can call me a scrub all day. That's the craziest thing. Not only did he make 63 million, which you can't do if you're a scrub, a true scrub ain't getting 63. Second, he was a number one overall pick. Dog, it's like a doctor. 
So what? I ain't did no surgeries. Call me doctor. But you ain't don't do no surgeries. Call me doctor. Shut your ass up. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this. Stephen A made Kwame get more famous for making fun of him. Really? He got away with it for a long time, but then came the day that he probably didn't expect. The day when Kwame unleashed a hailstorm of fury. Damn. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. And he got at my boy. Matt Barnes is my dog. Steven Jackson's my dog. And he got at them. And I ain't gonna lie. Kwame's just funny, man. Like, y'all can get it. If somebody come at me, I dare they ask, though. Ain't nobody coming at me, dog. And if you do, good luck. Because I don't stop. Bad boy. Can't stop. Won't stop. But the point is, um, they came at my boys. And I laughed at it. I'm like, I'm the friend that's like, dog, forget how you feel. Was that a good joke? Yes. Well, then laugh, damn it. And laugh at yourself. I laugh at my pain. If y'all come at me, I'm going to laugh. And I'm going to come get your ass. So Kwame is amazing to me, even though he got at my homeboys for real. First Things First is a far more enjoyable show to watch. And the chemistry between all of them is the best I've ever seen. Oh, I've seen it in a long time. Excuse me. No need to go from that to the depressed mess that is Skip and his selfish mindset. Y'all so stupid. Talking about that Skip Bayless. Oh, we got a member here. I feel both shows are going down a bit. I think within three years, it will be Smith and Bayless together again. That will boost it for a couple years and it will be all over. Though I believe Stephen A and Skip are about four years away from running this course. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I ain't predicting nobody failing in the end of no roads. But at the same time, it is losing his spirit. Let's just say that. Skip has no one else to blame but himself if it doesn't work out. That's on Skip. He disrespected Shannon. That's why he's in the position he's in now. Yeah, but what position is Shannon in right now, right? We don't know where Shannon's going and what Shannon wants to do. So y'all stop hating on Skip. Just talk real about Skip. Skip be doing a lot. That's it. <laughs> All right. Y'all know what I be doing. I be doing these wily isms Yeah. Luck is skill showing up without an appointment. I love you, too. That's a good wily We top 10, maybe, huh? Top 10? Luck is skill. Showing up without an appointment. I tell my son all the time. I make some shots. We go in the backyard, play around. He do something crazy. Lucky. Daddy, lucky. That's his thing now. He watching something. Some dude on YouTube that always screams everything he does. Oh, yeah. Lucky. And I'm like, nah, 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 bro. Your, your daddy over here got some skills, right? They don't always show up when I want them. But that's what luck is. Skills showing up without an appointment, right? So I know the in here is just how to call them out. For you to see, for me to see. So that's the thing about life, man. Like you got to create your own luck. How do you create your own luck? Gather skills. <laughs> you were given talent. Now you must acquire skills, and then luck will find this way to you, and then it will show up when it wants to. Not exactly when you call it, right? And that's the beautiful thing about this world. The beautiful thing about this life. The the improv of it. The 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 the, the build up. You can be the most prepared and give the worst performance. And then you can be the least prepared and give a great performance. But careful. Don't try to repeat either one of those and expect the same outcome. If you're always prepared, sooner or later, you're going to have more than not good performances. And if you're never prepared, please do not think, oh, that good performance is going to keep repeating itself. I had this happen in college. The night before my best game ever in college against Cornell, I think I had a sack or two. Uh, fumble, recovery, forced fumble, interception, touchdown, everything. The night before, your boy was in them streets, in them streets and the Mizey brother sheets. I was, I was, I was just, I lost it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was just in the zone. Had some fun that night and then had the best game. 
and no lie, tried it one more time, one more time in college, in the pros, whole different animal, in the college, sucked. <laughs> no luck, <laughs> bad luck. It didn't show up at all. Forget an appointment, it just wasn't there. But in all seriousness, y'all, y'all got to know that I just put in that work, man, and then know that you're going to get some love, you're going to get some bumps, you're going to get some bonuses. It's going to come out of nowhere, too, but it didn't come out of nowhere. We out here putting in work, putting in work. Where that luck at? Where that luck at? Oh, luck don't show up when you call it. Show up when it wants to, right? So just keep showing up and putting in that work. And all of a sudden, you'll be like, who that? That's Mr. Luck right there. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just skill showing up without an appointment. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.